Welcome to Everything's Totally Fine. I'm Allie Hawk, and I'll be your host this week. Every other Tuesday, we bring you people who share stories about their lives. These aren't just any people. They're the toughest we can find. Join us to hear about the times we pretend everything's totally fine. Our guest this week was one of LA Weekly's People of the Year for 2016. He was actually featured on the cover of their magazine. He's done a stand-up set on Conan and was featured on Viceland's show Flophouse for three episodes. Despite all of this, he told me that his greatest accomplishment was winning the Mathorama in seventh grade in Fresno. He beat the rival school Computech. And our stories actually begin in Fresno, where our guest Solomon Giorgio was in third grade. I'm about, I think I just turned nine, and I was very excited to sing a lot when I was a kid. And I had a, I thought, I think I had a pretty solid and beautiful falsetto that I sang in. And the way these, we did these uh, performances at each class, sung a song, and there was a performance for the school during the day, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was a performance at night for all the parents. Okay. Uh, Sort of like a uh, like a list, a little dress rehearsal for everyone. And this is like the annual school play. Um, or there are two. This is the fall version of. Yeah, this was play. there was multiple like we did multiple like little like concerts and pageants through for this school, and I like I, I, I we had a we had a music teacher who was who was a kooky lady, uh, taught us how to play the co- recorder and and sing a few songs, and one of them was uh, Puff the Magic Dragon, and I got the first solo. Uh, because it was it was broken into three separate solos for each verse, and uh, I got the first solo of and Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> How were you feeling about that? Oh, I honor? was so like I was like first of all I I knew I was gonna get it anyway. Um, no, I was I was a bit of a of a small uh, egomaniac. <laughs> I I was a little diva, and I I was definitely like I was definitely being a snob about it. <laughs> like I was I had an air of confidence. I, we did about a, like a, a week or so of like rehearsing like 15 minutes a day and I nailed it. I was crushing it every time. And then uh, then came the day of the uh, the first performance, which was school-wide. Uh, and so all the students uh, gathered in the uh, auditorium. And how many students were? Um, this school, I would say, had, it might be about 1,500. Students, because wow. this is this is in Fresno, California, and like each like grade had four different classes of thirty kids each. So we did the math. It was actually six grades with one hundred and twenty people per grade, plus staff and custodians. So it's a lot of people in one space. Uh, Around nine hundred. They filled into the gymnasium and took their seats. It's we started off solid. Like the first first few bars of my singing, I think, were phenomenal. Now, were and you nervous before the performance? I was, again, uh, a diva, and I was definitely, uh, I was just ready to go. I was like, get me to the microphone as quickly as possible. Not nervous uh, they at ne- all. Oh, I, just, I was like, I need to show what I got. Uh, I was elated. I was feeling great. I was in, like, I was in my zone. And then uh, came, there's a part in Puff the Magic Dragon before you go into the chorus that's like the beginning of the chorus, and it's the and then you say, Hanali, which is I guess this fantasy land that he lives in, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, on the Lee 
I uh, tried to pick it up another octave in a falsetto. Uh, so just a beautiful uh, <laughs> sway upwards. So you're taking it a level higher mm-hmm. than you had in rehearsal? No, no, it's the same. Okay. It was, I was nailing it all week, and I just, just up, just let, let you know. Let, mm-hmm. Like, just, I just wanted to, I wanted to hear, like, before I pass on, I want to, I want, I'm going to just uh, show you what I got. Right. Um, and this is when my voice uh, was like, you know what? You're becoming a man now. Uh, at this moment. <laughs> at this exact moment in time. This is when we want to change everything. And it, like, like it, and it, because usually, like, it's like your voice cracks. Mine cracked, then screeched. Like, it made, like, you could hear the microphone pop a little because it was such a painful sound that came. Like, it was inhuman. Like, I, it was just this, <laughs> like, uh, like, again, a thousand nails on a chalkboard just <laughs> scraping. And you can just, the whole audience just, like, 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 bear, like, just mouthless gasping. Just, like, just can't even, like, because it was such a terrible sound that, it, that, and they were just like, and no, like no one says anything. Uh, but I do. I have two younger brothers, and they were in the second grade in kindergarten, and they were waiting for the golden child to fall. And the second, the second they heard like my voice stopped and everybody's just quiet, they just erupt in laughter. They are so loud, <laughs> like the most enunciated laughter I've ever heard in my entire. And they're just. And so the whole play like stops in yeah, this moment for the audience exactly. to recoil. Every like because it's like the recorders like every kid that's just like stops and and Her arms down. Yes, just like <laughs> just just puts her like arms down, just staring wa- eyes wide. Like what did you kill? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's quiet and except yeah again my two brothers dying of laughter and then it is just just infectious. Like it starts with their classes and just moves to the whole entire auditorium and a few kids in my own. Right behind me, behind are laughing. You, your yes, comrades? of course. Yeah. Well, honestly, they were waiting for me to fall too. Because right. <laughs> you never saw them as comrades to begin. No, with. no, no. I was thinking I was above them, and they were like, "This is what we've been waiting for." Like, and I didn't keep singing because it was like, because that was actually my last. Like, I was literally on the oh. very last note, and the music teacher immediately like, like within like a few, like just when she finally caught up with herself mentally on what happened, <laughs> when she was like, oh, so they're all laughing at him. I better do something. Oh my gosh. And she just shushed the audience and they just continued doing the rest of the song while I was just kind of like, <laughs> like so frozen. So she had to take control and actually mm-hmm. do some, she had to like tell yeah. everybody to stop laughing. Exactly. And I was just kind of frozen in time. Like I couldn't even hear the rest. Like I was just so like, I was, my face was just like hot. Right, because you're a child too. Yeah. But there's a moment in time where you're standing in front of 900 people and mm-hmm. somebody else has to tell them to stop laughing at you. Yes, and I have to just keep, be there. When when people are laughing at at, your, at you in that way, you're like, the sound doesn't hit you. <laughs> okay. It's, it's like your just, body's in shock and it's like protecting itself. Of course. It's like, you know, you know we're just going to go ahead and just go just temporarily <laughs> deaf so you don't have to hear... <laughs> Because they are laughing really loud. <laughs> they are having a good, good laugh. <laughs> like, the best laugh. This year, this is their laugh of the year. <laughs> so then the ego starts coming back. Like, I'm oh, no, the, la- the ego is crushed. Uh, but they definitely, like, I, oh, like, I've never, especially, like, being laughed at by kids younger than you. That's a definitely, like, a new, like. Oh, yeah. When, ki- like, especially- kindergartners were laughing at me. And they're, like, right up front. So that's, like. They're so small. They're so little, and they just—they're so afraid of the bigger kids, and they just—but they were like, "Oh no, this is finally." (laughs) 
So I had to, I, there was another performance <laughs> for the parents that night. That same, it was the same day? It was the same exact day. Um, like we went, like school went out, everyone went back home and- Did you cry? Um, not that day. <laughs> I definitely cried that night. <laughs> okay, but um, between the two performances. Because yeah, it was a whole other performance and for the second performance, I was just, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And so the music teacher decided to do was have, um, because I, I had I had a backup. There was a backup for all three of us who sang solo. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I'll take, I'll take that solo. Did you offer it up? How did that Oh no, happen? I didn't, I don't think I spoke for the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> and they're like. Uh. So they just, the music yeah. teacher kind of. The music teacher's like, do you want to do the second performance? Like, <laughs> she's like he's a shell of a human okay I'm like all right uh you're still falling apart i'll go ahead and get the other person to sing and i'm like yeah and you can you can just sing along with them and that was the thing that was like that, i guess that's what we agreed upon is that i would be there i, w- I still had the part but i'm going to share it with this other person i like they like all, like we got like again a big audience and i it's not all the parents are there all the parents are there some of the kids and i Again, I was just like, I'm not like, and, and I like I didn't sing at all, uh, but she, but they put me in the same position, and I just mouthed the words along with her solo. You like <laughs> Millie Vanilli it exactly, uh, but, it's, but you can't do that when the other person is literally right next to you, <laughs> singing, singing a solo. <laughs> it's a solo. If another person like, if they, if I was like pretending to sing for somebody else that wasn't up there, right. <laughs> That makes sense, but they're like for sure. Like I was just standing there mouthing the words as she. <laughs> were you impassioned? Like were you impassioned when you were? Mouthing? Oh no no! I was definitely a broken child pretending. <laughs> what, so what was harder, that part or the laughter? I, again, I don't know because that one, because that was the first time I ever dealt like because the audience was like because it was parents, so they're definitely like they're super supportive. So oh, yeah, and they don't have they don't mm. know what happened. They don't know what day. happened. They just know right now that. This special child is singing with the soloist, is pretending to mouth the words with the soloist. So obviously they're gonna be proud of him. Right. <laughs> I did it, and she honestly, she she nailed it. She was fantastic. She was such a beautiful singer. Our next story takes place in Seattle, where Solomon's family currently lives. He's at a cafe with his friend Liz, who he describes here. Very very white lady. <laughs> Uh, she's a delight, and we were getting coffee, um, and we were just sitting outside. There, we were in Capitol Hill. We're sitting outside of Vivace, which is one of my favorite coffee shops, which I don't even think is open anymore. Uh, we're outside of Vivace's. It has this nice little outdoor area, and this young junkie uh, comes up to us, and the first thing she says is, um, "I got my girlfriend's tattoo." <laughs> girlfriend's name tattooed on my neck <laughs> and my friend Liz is like what the hell's going on for my friends all their initial reactions are like why is this homeless junkie talking to us and I have to go well she usually beats me to the punch like he's my baby brother <laughs> I'm like calm down uh, but that's kind of how uh, my sister works <laughs> she just uh, she just kind of appears um, she's been I'd say she started doing heroin when we moved to Seattle about a month or two after moving to Seattle and she has been doing it ever since uh she's been nailing it uh, <laughs> she's consistently 
Look, when it comes to heroin addiction, <laughs> I don't think anyone has my sister beat because she's like 20 years in. But my friend Liz doesn't doesn't know this. So what my sister is doing is uh, walking up to me after not seeing me for a month to let me know that she just got her new girlfriend's name tattooed on her neck. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, they weren't walking out of a tattoo shop. There was no tattoo shop on that corner. She just got her name tattooed in some like... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> like, like, this is just a random building. I'm like, who tattooed? <laughs> so she had just gotten it tattooed? Yeah, so she just got a street tattoo. <laughs> uh-uh, and so it was, like, raw? Yeah. Like, oh, my god. And it's not like she was, like, it's not like she went to, like, a professional place where it was covered with, like, oils and, like, saran wrap. It's just, like, a gross, bloody... <laughs> she just had, like, a carving of another person's name Well, it was, it was a decent, like, it was, like, a... Like, it wasn't, like, a stellar tattoo. They didn't, like, let it, bl- like... It was definitely, like... Like, oh, that's going to fade after a year. Uh, <laughs> Did the relationship mm-hmm. fade after a year? No, they're still together. It's That was like a decade ago, too. Oh, all right. Yeah. They're both definitely uh, definitely still on heroin. <laughs> Your sister's able to commit to things mm-hmm. a lot better than I am. Oh, she's just, I think she loves heroin a lot. Because uh, <laughs> 16 was when she started doing heroin. In 1994 slash 5. Uh, and okay. my sister moved... Uh, like, she just moved back into us after being in foster care. Uh, like, mm-hmm. she went into the system because uh, she was a gang member, and uh, she... Uh, also, my parents are abusive, so on top of that, she so she ended up in uh, in foster care, which ended up being worse. Uh, oh. It's the worst system. Uh, <laughs> so my parents ended up uh, getting her back. Um, and that's when right when we moved to Seattle. Uh, and... Moved to Seattle from Fresno? From Fresno, California. Okay. Uh, Did your family move to get her away from the gangs in Fresno? Um, no. Uh, my f- that's a whole other story. My family moved because of my father's infidelity. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a longer story. <laughs> but my parents reconciled and we moved to Seattle. Um, and we saw her occasionally then. Um, and, and my parents would always let her back in. My mom constantly did that. And then one time we were picking her up. She was 18 at the time. And we were picking her up from jail because that's usually like the situations that had occurred. Like when we usually pick her up, we usually pick her up from jail because that's when we find out. Because she's sober long enough to contact my mother and okay, and then ask for help and makes the promises of staying sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mother always uh, falls for it every time. <laughs> and she keeps the faith. Your mom does. Oh yeah, my mom has her fingers crossed every uh-huh. time, and we're right. like, sure, lady. <laughs> uh, and this this one time we were picking her up from jail and she's actually pregnant, uh, and well like, and she's not visibly pregnant. She was like I'm six. She tells us that she's six months pregnant, and she's a little like a little bump. Mm-hmm. And we're like, when did you find out? And she's like, I just found out. And we're like, how did you just find out you were pregnant? And her response was, I'm a junkie, not a scientist, <laughs> which is 100 percent accurate. Uh, and it's like you know what, you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that was yeah. That's how my niece came into the world. <laughs> and so, had your sister been doing heroin when she was pregnant? Um, she was sober for the remainder of her pregnancy. Okay. Um, she also had a girlfriend at the time, uh, that my parents like didn't fully approve of, but uh, they kind of accepted because it's like, hey, you're not doing drugs. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. My my immigrant parents were were very uptight about that, but then they're like, you know what? <laughs> It was the lesser of two evils. Yeah, let's let's lean back because <laughs> right. there's no heroin happening. 
Um, but no, but yeah, for the remainder of, of the pregnancy, she stayed sober. Um, and it was, it was, uh, my niece is actually, uh, her name is, uh, is Zanta, uh, which means surprise in, uh, um, Haric, uh, in Ethiopian language, uh, because that's exactly how you feel when your lesbian's junkie sister <laughs> has a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and how does Zanta feel about this? Oh, Zanta. Um, she's 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 actually oh, she's 18 now. She's a wonderful human being. Uh, and like it's she does get angry at her mother, and she's uh, definitely written enough uh, spoken word poetry that addresses it. Um, that's one thing that happens when you have junkie parents. You get wonderful spoken word spoken word and rap artists. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And my niece is definitely nailing it right now, but she's she's definitely on the right road, and uh, she has my mother, who even though she, my mother is an absolute uh, uh, maniac, uh, she's also like she's a very good uh, caregiver, uh, the most resentful caregiver, but definitely a caregiver. <laughs> like she's not happy taking care of you at all, but she will always do. Okay, right. I have never seen, my mother is the kind of person where she would be upset with you if you didn't eat something, or she'd be upset with you if you ate something. All right, okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, there's no making her happy. There's, so, but you will get fed. You will, you'll be fed, yeah. but if you don't finish it, or if you eat it too much of it, you're definitely... <laughs> <laughs> so then, all with the, all that has happened growing mm-hmm. up and moving, and, yeah. and things like with your sister and your parents... Do you use that now in material for stand Oh, of course. I definitely, it's definitely, like, you can't just bring up a junkie sister on stage. Because, <laughs> like, even it's though there are things. segues. Oh, yeah. That. There, there are things that are inherently funny that me and my brothers can talk about. Uh, and there's, like, it's still, like, like, I'm getting closer to developing the material for that. But it's still, some of it's just, like. The audience is just trying to mentally catch up to all the tragedies. Right. <laughs> that they're like, why are you laughing so easily? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm just so used to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you're like, I keep forgetting that when I nonchalantly just bring things up, people are just like, oh, <laughs> that's not normal. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's always been normal to you. Like, yeah, this is my normal. I don't, I'm not thrown off by it. So do you, did you learn to kind of cope with the stuff going through school? To, was it tough to to go to school and and have a home life that was more tumultuous maybe than other people? It's you kind of because it's your normal. So just because in comparison it doesn't seem like everybody else is dealing with it, it's kind of like like because I was a I was a closeted teen. I I kept that a secret. I had a junkie sister. I also had a brother that was in a gang that was in prison at the time. I <laughs> my family works in a way where there's so many things going on that it doesn't make sense to me when there's not a lot of things going on. <laughs> like it's like I, I I'm I'm I work uh, I work I'm a high functioning person when it comes to any form of stress because I like I think a lot of people find like especially as a performer and going to auditions like people get stressed out and fall apart very easily but I just and I just think like, oh, this is fine. This is not even the craziest thing in the world. <laughs> Your tolerance is yeah. higher than like, yeah. vast majority of people, especially in LA, probably. Yeah, like a level, like especially when like that's one thing I. One thing that's very weird is that the city doesn't easily reject people anymore. 
Uh, it just, when it gives you rejection, it, it does it in a very uh, off-putting way. Like, we're just going to not respond to something or we're not going to just immediately give you a rejection. And it's just like, I'd actually rather get the immediate rejection because I'm very good <laughs> with dealing with the immediate rejection. I'm not okay with the slow... <laughs> the singing alongside yeah. someone else, sort of. Like, <laughs> exactly. Is it like, clear that I'm like, am I here? <laughs> am I supposed to be here? Like that's, that stuff is weird. Like, I, like it's like that's that's like, that probably it's like, like I just just give me a flat out now. <laughs> I kind of give myself the immediate rejection in my head. Where I was like, you didn't get it. Move on to the next thing. <laughs> and that's just kind of like how I've always worked. It's like, ah, this is not gonna happen. You gotta keep chugging along. <laughs> Right. And that's kind of like, especially with dealing with my family, my upbringing, you just kind of have to be like that. Like, you have to, you can't hinder on problems of the past. Uh, you have to constantly be, be preparing yourself and working towards something else. And I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, of course life is going to give you horrific, terrible things and you have to address them. Um, but, in the grand scheme of things, like if it's like such a tiny personal problem, it's like, ah, <laughs> all right, whatever. Like it's not like, that's definitely one thing that having parents like mine, uh, like the immigrant parents that grew up in war, it's like, this is not the worst thing that's gonna happen to you. <laughs> uh-huh, right. Like if you like, just like, just this, the mentality, like this is not the worst thing that happened to anyone right now. Like have that perspective, like if, you have to think of, well, is this the worst situation I can be in? Is this, is this something that I can't get out of or fix through time? And then once you have that, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't complain. That's our show. Our theme music is by Danny Janino, and our art is by Jen Hamilton. Also, a special thanks this week to Libby Spears and Blueprint Films. If you like the show, please rate us and give us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. Thanks for listening.